Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. Super Tuesdays right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. What up, Chatham? You know, there's just days and times when we have to do the hard things. We have to do the things that we don't want to do. And there's just moments when you just don't want to do some things, but it's just too bad. We have to push through and we have to do what we're called to do. And we have to do the things that the Lord wants us to do. So this is one of those things. And just just had to have to just, you know, put your mind in the right space. You got to get your head on straight. And sometimes you got to pick it up and go through and, and, and have those conversations and, and have those words that are tough, that, that can be frustrating. We're in the story, in this, in this, we're, we're in the topic right now of our story and, and telling our story about where we've been the last eight years and there's an opportunity to hear where each of my sons are with their perspective on the loss of their mom, life after, life before, life during, and where we're going with our life right now. And that's an awesome thing. And I can always tell when something is gonna be extra major and extra good for us is that it gets kind of weird. When you're really in the midst of it, it makes you think, you know what, maybe I really shouldn't do it. Maybe I really shouldn't spend any time doing it because it's at the moment when it really sucks. And so even before the recording, we kind of had one of those moments, but we're going to press through and we're going to go there. So I'm joined today by two more of our sons and one of the sons didn't join us at the moment. And so we have Jackson and Evan with us today and Caden. Caden, you were with us the first two weeks we've been sharing about where we've been the first, uh, first eight years and... Sorry, the title is actually our first year is actually the title of this particular segment. So Jackson, Evan, we're we're talking about our first year. What's the what's the earliest memory do you guys remember or that you hold on to right now and dealing with where we've kind of started on this journey with kind of. I don't know. We basically kind of been in LM. We got AD, BC, maybe we LM life after mom. What's the first thing that really sticks in your mind when we talk about that time when we got on this journey together? I don't really remember anything from that. Not well, not much at least. Okay. Um yeah. The only thing I really remember was well, actually Yeah, I don't really remember anything except I was doing the funeral then being home for a while. But other than that, I don't really pick anything up. Do you remember? Do you remember the day when I came home and there was people I had come over, kind of it may have felt kind of random, and we talked about mom not coming back home again? No. Okay, and you remember the so the funeral sticks out to you. Any any thoughts as to what what do you what do you remember about the funeral? I only remember one moment of it when I think we were in the, I was in the back. And it's like this um, easy or easy up over us, or there's something over us. Mm-hmm. But there's that's all I think when we're in the back, and I see rows of people and people sitting in the front speaking. I don't remember anything other than that other that sticks out of me. Okay, because the easy up, as far as my memory, that was actually at the graveside when we were actually getting ready to do the final steps. But the rows of people would have been mostly at the church, at the other church. But you were four, though. So that was that was a while back. What about you, Ev? What's, the, what's the, some of the things that really stick out in your mind about these last eight or the beginning of these eight? 
I really don't remember much. All I really remember is the funeral. I don't even remember going to the church. All I remember is just being at the the grave place, and then that's about it. You don't you don't remember the day that I came home either. Mm-mm, I don't remember. All I, what I do remember is that when mom was first, we were at the house, and there was like an ambulance and fire departments there, and they were like walking around the house with kind of gurneys or whatever and we had to go from the garage to the living room to like the garage again that's all i really remember do you remember that day Jasmine? yeah that's one of the, yeah that was the she was still alive kitty do you remember that day mm-hmm. i was there when they took her to the hospital you all got shoved but into the um, we put we were put in the computer room uh-huh. and then dad said get in the car but we weren't going anywhere Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you said you go back in the computer room, and I think I don't really remember anything else besides that. What do you remember, Ken, about that day? I remember all of us crying because mom just was laid out on the floor for no reason, or at least a reason that we didn't really know. And normally, when someone's laid out on the floor, it's not really a good reason. Yeah. And then went to the office, all crying. The, the ambulance eventually came. And then got mom, and I remember watching through the window, so I like wheeled mom off. And I was like, well, she's going to the ambulance, and something's wrong. And not really sure what to do. I think Shane was in there with us. I don't think Shane was home. Uh, eventually. No, Shane was home. Hmm. Not that day. No. He was at school. So let's go back. So it's, it, that's, this is an interesting memory. And, 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 and the parts of me that makes it worthwhile it's because all each one of us are going to remember one thing or another part of the grieving process is amnesia where your your brain just either locks things out to protect yourself or it just doesn't hold on to the things that either it can't understand or we just don't know when this case you just didn't understand the particulars because i don't think i in fact i obviously i didn't do a good job explaining as to what actually happened well, the backdrop is um, mom had only been home that night before because she had already been to the hospital for a couple remember, of days prior. I remember she um, had to take a urine test to go to the hospital to get it tested for the hospital. I remember that day. I don't remember going to the hospital, but I think she was going to drop me off somewhere. I don't know. I was going with her somewhere, mm-hmm. and she had to take a urine test with her to drop off at the doctor's office. Okay, and that was, bef- that was before that. So this particular day that you guys are bringing back is we had been in the hospital with her for about two and a half days prior to her coming home, and she would had had um, some pretty bad falls in the house or around because one of her legs was giving her a hard time. I remember that. I remember I was in your room and I would think, I I don't remember because I don't know what I was doing in there, but all I remember is that you were picking her up because she could not stand. Yeah. I I don't know. It's just something where she was kind of just sitting on the ground and couldn't walk. Yep. And so we had, and she was having a lot of pain, just, just straight up pain in her back, lower back. And when we had been in the hospital for those two days, they really weren't sure, you know, how to treat her other than to give her some really, really heavy pain meds. And so they just sent her home and said, well, we can't have anything wrong with you. Just here, going home. What? Your pants are ripped. Yes, they are. And so 
we were like, okay, we can't do nothing about it. The doctor sent it home and we have to change. I had to change this medications that are on her arm or if she needed any more extra medications to swallow, we had to give her that. And that was a day at this particular time when you guys were mentioning when the ambulance had come through. She had been, we had pretty much been up all night the night before because she was just, she was in so much pain. She didn't like the pain meds that she was on. It was making her hallucinate, and she just didn't like it. But there's nothing you can do when you're on those meds and you're on that ride. You just have to ride it out till it gets out of your system. And so Shane had gone to school. He was at practice still. And she was telling me, she, you know, she had to go to the restroom. And she had a walker, you know, if she could use it. And she had a one of those kind of ther- uh, physical therapy bait belts around her back. So those were helping her walk and hold onto the belt instead of, instead of holding her to allow her to kind of walk along the way. But if she collapsed, the belt was to kind of help her, help you help her get up. So she gone to the restroom down the corner by the office. And she was taking a long, she was taking a long time coming out of the restroom. And I was like, you know, just checking on her. And so we were on our way back from the bathroom. And we got kind of in that little section, you know, that little, 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 hallway like section from the just in front of the door of the downstairs bedroom and she says i don't think i can make it to the couch can you just carry me and i was like yeah whatever i do whatever you want no problem so i scooped her up and i was carrying her to the couch at that point we had those two big couches kind of split right and I was going to put her on the couch underneath the window because at that particular point it was underneath the window against the wall and I was, I was, I was holding her like you, you know, kind of carry her, you know, not a baby, but you carry her. I was carrying her like that. And I was setting her down on the couch, and I was repositioning myself to turn her around and and help so she can scoot herself against the back of the couch and sit. As I was turning her, she bucks into me. So now her back hits me in the chest, and top of her head hits me in the chin. And I was like, "The heck's going on? You okay?" And at that point, she hit me again, and she, at that point, we both now fall, because I was, you know, I was nearly down there when she bucked and hit me, I had lost my balance, and so she was pretty much laying on top of me, but laying, you know, just laying there, and so I kind of began to kind of roll her off of me, and I had her now sitting with her head on my left hand, and I was looking at her, and her eyes were just, she wasn't blinking, she was just staring but she wasn't like looking at me. She's kind of looking past me. I was like, "Hey, you okay?" And she's like, "Craig, where where are you?" I'm like, "What do you mean, where am I? I'm I'm right here. I'm looking. You're looking right at me. Well, I mean, and I got made sure that I put my eyes where I thought her eyes were looking. I'm like, "You can't see me. I'm I'm right here." She goes, "I can't see you." And the next thing you know, she wasn't breathing and she didn't say anything. She just sat, she was just there. And I'm calling her and I'm calling her and I'm calling her and she didn't respond. And and this is, this is, this is the tough part, but I need you guys to know. And so I'm trying to reach for the phone and because my cell phone was like on the other couch, so I was trying to reach for the phone, but I didn't want to let her hit the floor. So I reached for the phone, managed to get her on the floor, reached for the phone, called 911, and I get ready to give her CPR because she wasn't breathing. And then she gasps for, for air. And 
I'm on the phone with the sleep with the 911 operator. I'm like, hey, you know, told her kind of briefly what's going on. And I got off the phone and I told her, I said, hey, what's, where are you? What's going on? I mean, did you not see me? Because no, I didn't see anything. Why well, am I on the floor? I said, well, just don't worry. Let's, let's get you up off the floor. I, you know, I was bringing you. Do you remember coming from the bathroom? She's like, yeah, kind of. And so. Was she still on the pain meds? They were come. She was coming off of the pain meds. She didn't want to take any more because she had been in such a unfortunate kind of a trip on those pain. Because she was on um, propofols, what they were giving her in the hospital. That's the Michael Jackson stuff that he was taking from a private physician that wasn't in a, in a hospital. But that's what they give you, or some of the stuff they could give you if you're getting surgery. So we weren't going to be at home under a medical care and have her heart monitored. You're not really supposed to be on propofol. So her body was coming off of that and she had some other heavy medication that was in, it was given through a, some type of bandage that was on her arm. And that was, and then she had something that was in a, some type of odd adhesive that they were trying to put right on her back. And where, when I would change that dressing, I would have to wear gloves because it would, it's absorbed through your skin. And I didn't want me to then have whatever the effects of whatever that was, changing her bandage. And then there were some pills that she could swallow. So she was trying not to do any of that, but the pain was coming back. And so um, when the ambulance got there, um, was the time I was kind of like starting to get her off the floor because I didn't want you guys to see her laying like that. I panicked. Mm-hmm. I just didn't, I didn't know what to do. But I didn't want, want your, I just didn't want you guys to see her like that. And so I think about the time that they were whole wheeling around and you all saw that. I was trying to get you guys into the truck and figure out what we were going to do and not do and stuff. And then Shane, I was trying to call him because he was at basketball practice. Mm-hmm. And I managed to, I got, a, he picked up oddly enough on like the first or second ring and he was on his way home. And that's when I, you were talking about in the garage and out of the garage. He drive at that point, right? Yeah, because he was um, he was getting ready to turn. Well, at that particular this particular point, he was seventeen. This was probably August when this was all going on, and I mean, I got a hold of Justin Vanderbilt from next door and asked him to come they, over. They, I thought the um... they were yeah they were there. Because the other the other people were gone, the they Duvals had, were gone. The Duvals were gone. They had been gone about a a year or so. Um, about this time, and so they he could come over and was going to sit with you guys until Shane got there. And I that, remember seeing him. At least in my oh no, you guys were you guys were all four of you guys were crying at that point because I didn't I couldn't I couldn't. There was no way I could, well, maybe there was. I couldn't figure out how to explain to you what was going on and get chase the ambulance down. You know what I'm saying? It was it was so many things going on at one time that I couldn't, I couldn't, I obviously didn't do a good job explaining it. There wasn't a whole lot of time to explain, really. No, because at that point, everything is, because at that point, everything was crashing because we didn't know. What was wrong with her? I didn't know why she was collapsing. Wasn't able to walk. I didn't know. We didn't know a lot of things. All we knew was, you know, mom was getting cancer treatments, and all of a sudden she has a whole bunch of pain, and she's falling down, and now she's on the floor, not breathing, and I don't know what to do. 
So when I that was what that that day was really all about, and that was pretty much the beginning of yeah, that was the beginning of her long hospital stays from because from that day on, she didn't come back home. How'd you tell Shane? How did I tell? Sh- I told that day, that day, I told him that mom had collapsed, and I didn't know what was wrong with her. And then the ambulance had just taken her to the hospital, and I need you to come home. I need you to come sit with your other brothers while I'm gone, because I don't know what's going on. Because none of these sim- were symptoms of her cancer that I was aware of. None of this was what we were expecting. But makes me think of one of those out of body experiences. Yeah, but what is interesting? So let's. I know we're talking. The topic was that first year, but I'll, I'll fast forward to the end so you guys really kind of understand the significance of that day. Um, I don't know if you guys remember when Mom sometimes would talk and say, "Hey, I, my back hurt. My back hurts. My back hurts," and I got sciatica. She started using that term, and and then she would go to the chiropractor and get her back adjusted and things like that. And then later on, one of the doctors told, "Oh, you have degenerative disc disorder." So. When we, when they finally moved mom to the, the, the hospital in Pasadena, we said that we had to drive a long way. I only remember, wasn't she at Loma Linda? Loma Linda for, from that day in August till, or late August, early September, from that moment till about Thanksgiving. Because we spent Thanksgiving in Pasadena at the other hospital. Because I, I think the cousins were there at one point. And we were like, at that mm-hmm. hospital in Pasadena, it had like a little game room area for the patients or whatever. And there was a foosball table in it. We were just so enthralled. Oh, oh I remember the foosball, the foosball table. table. So you guys, you guys one up on me for that one. I never saw that. Yeah, I remember playing. I don't, I don't remember you ever really going in there. I think we would kind of switch in and out of see, uh, sitting in the hospital room with mom and you. And then we would go back to the little game room where the cousins were at and so was uncle chase and josiah was there i don't know if chase was there or layla my chase was, was there here's because chase is i think a year younger than i am mm. yeah so chase yeah i think chase would be three okay so here's the funny thing so here's where i this is why i need you guys to do this and i apologize for giving you a hard time but i it, it's not that dad's more frustrated that he well, he just wants your attention with this, you know, because it's it's something that he believes that can benefit us. All of all us, kind of piecing our the pieces we have together. Yeah. Um, I don't remember Chase and them being there. I remember them being there. I think there was, I think it was Chase or you that was frustrated with us that we were so like enthralled with this game room rather than being concerned that our mom was sitting in the hospital. Oh, see, and- I remember some, I don't know, when I think back to it, I remember some kind of, someone's frustration at us. I was like, well, I don't really, there's nothing we can do for her, aside from sit next to her, and sometimes that can be too much, so we need to find some other way to deal with it. And it's funny you mentioned that, because do you guys remember those days when we used to go to the hospital a lot when she was in Loma Linda? Yeah. Because it got to a point when, we, when she first went in, you all would come in the room. Well, this is how my view, right? Again, this is all of our views because, again, this is everyone's view is going to be different. 
right? And that's why, for me, it's so important because there's parts of my memory that I'm trying my best desperately to recover. I just don't really have it. So there's, in Loma Linda, there's days when you guys would come in the room in the early stages. Then there was, it kind of became longer there and longer there and longer there. You guys wouldn't come in the room. You guys would come just inside the door. And like everybody kind of like, as the one was coming in after another, like we were like ducks in a row. It's like the first person kind of was forced to come in the room. They would stop, and then they would get bumped by the person coming in next. And well, come on, you gotta, you have to get in, make some space. And then it was like everyone's bumping the next person in front of them because everybody wanted that further space away from her in the room. And nobody would go to the bedside over time. And it was because she was deteriorating so fast before everyone's eyes. And because we would buy games and we try to play games at her bedside. And, and for me, watch. And I, and I laugh now only because I could laugh now. I couldn't laugh before because it wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, I knew, I understood. Because that lady wasn't the same lady you all knew. I think we were also afraid to hurt her even more. Because every time we would go and yeah. have her to leave and she would like wince yeah, in pain. pain. And I think part of that now feeds into, like, I know I don't, when you were talking about, when, when we, we do, when I help you with, like, construction stuff, I don't hit stuff very hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate to break stuff. Yeah. And part, I think, I click now why I do that. I'm so gentle with things because I hate breaking things or, I don't know. No, no, that's huge. So, I guess I, I, I didn't get to the point that I was trying to make about the thing on her, about her back. The doctor later said that that same spot that we thought was degenerative disc disorder or her pain that she went to the hospital for, mm. that actually was cancer there on her spine. That's when the doctor said that was just, it, she didn't have any of those problems with her spine. I remember being in the, in the Pasadena Hospital, City of Hope, and I was telling the doctor, well, you know, why are you take all these spinal things? She's got degenerative disc disorder. She's got sciatica. She's got all these things. Don't you see it in there? He says, Mr. Carlisle, there's nothing wrong with your wife's spine. He says, look, there's perfect spacing, and these are the nerves. What she's The reason why I remember when mom couldn't feel, and she couldn't have a problem with hearing, and she couldn't stand. I, was, because, yeah, I remember we had to stand on one side of her so she could hear us. Ah, see, it was... It was the cancer that had broken. Remember, she had bone marrow cancer. So he was asking, what happened to your mom? She had bone marrow cancer. That's what she, that's not why she died. She had bone marrow cancer, but when the cancer had broken through her vertebrae, that's what she was feeling with the loss of mobility, the loss of hearing, because the cancer comes straight through and eating all of her vertebrae apart and was now in her spinal fluid. And so her pain was the cancer on her nerves. Basically, it got on her nerves, basically. And she couldn't feel anything but pain. And her body just says, well, we don't know what this is. And my, your brain's just going to kind of make it up as it goes along. And it didn't know what else to do. And it just came to her in form of pain. And so the end of what we thought was the be- beginning, where we thought pain was the worst, it wound up being the part that really showed itself for the end and that's it takes me back to the first conversation with the doctor that with her doctor was by the time bone marrow cancer actually shows itself in most cases it's too late because it hides in your bones and you don't feel it when you realize that it's there 
it's almost there's nothing you can do about it. You're almost too far gone. And so when you talk about later what really made her pass, it was because the cancer was in her spinal column and in her brains, which turns into another name of cancer, leukemia or whatever it's called. So that's I had a question. Yes, sir. When you said you came to the house with a bunch of other people to tell us that she wasn't coming back home, who was there? It was like everyone so remember the main like Menifee house area? where the big TV was in the fireplace. Yeah. We were all sitting in like a circle-ish thing while the couch was turned in. Mm-hmm. And everyone mm-hmm. kind of had like a concerned look on their faces if they were all... It felt like the spotlight was on us. Yeah, so you would have had Ken, Doris, Cynthia, my dad, I think Marshall. Uncle Chase was there. Yeah, Chase was there. Brandon I think and Ashley were there. Yep, yep. Um, uh, the McCartys were there, Bill and Dewana. They were. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they were there. And... Um, G-Mommy was there, and I think, and I think, uh, who else was there? It was, um, it was a, it was a fair number of folks. Cash, of course. Yeah, that was, because it was, because it was a similar group that we had then when she first went to the hospital. Remember, we were making the big to-do about her going to the hospital the first time, because we weren't sure how long she was going to be there. And she left, they had left that, they spent time making that whole binder about how to wash our clothes, what to do, and different, kind of like the, mm-hmm. the break glass follow instruction steps for anybody who's going to be. I remember using that a lot. I, I only remember because... I remember having it. Yeah. I don't remember my, me, myself, using it. All the phone numbers for who to call in case you guys needed somebody. And in case any of those people on the list, if they needed to pro, you know provide care for you guys at any point or do whatever, all the instructions of everything was in that book. What medications you guys took, when you took it, if you take any, um, you know, how to wash your clothes and what to wash it with. And it was some things that didn't seem to be make a lot of sense at the time but there was a lot of advanced planning in there you know almost as if mom knew she wasn't coming back home you know secretly on the inside because I was like if you're just going for some testing or whatever and stuff you don't need to be here long you know what I'm saying you're you're good we're gonna what do you need this book for and I kept asking what do you need this book for she goes no 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 I need to to get done because I want everything done a certain way I think she knew I think she knew our story isn't all bad and our story isn't all sad either, but I appreciate you for hanging in there and listening to our story. I appreciate my sons for taking the time who've been with me so far to talk about where we've been. We're going to continue through our story and we're going to be adding more topics as we go. You're listening to The Raising Men Show right here on WKBY 1080 AM at Chatham, Virginia, as well as the TheRaisingMenShow.com.